Beautiful. Aloha, everybody, and welcome to the Golden Thread Podcast. My name is Marnie, and I'm here with my dear friend, Trevor Spring, who is really an embodiment of the healed masculine. I'm very excited to have you on the podcast today. Welcome, Trevor. Thank you so much, Marnie. Um, I has I hold my breath a little bit when you say healed masculine, because um, <laughs> <laughs> I know that to not be true, but I appreciate um that I'm healing and actively engaging it and helping other men heal too. And uh, I think I'm going to keep doing this for my whole life and still have work to do afterwards. <laughs> ah, mahalo for your honesty. So refreshing. God, it never, never stops. <laughs> so I'm going to just read a little bit, you know, Trevor is, um, would you say founder of wild and wise? Yeah. Yeah. Founder of Wild and Wise and a men's coach, an embodied men's coach, a physical pillar of the Sacred Sons movement, as well as the lead facilitator for boys to men mentoring in Hawaii in particular. So this is an opportunity for all of us to learn a little bit more about what is available out there for the men in our community who are wanting to do some deep healing work. And that is really why I called Trevor on to be a part of this podcast was not only to pay homage to all the incredible work that he's doing and the Ike that he's bringing through, but also to recognize in my own healing journey as a facilitator and um, as a healer, over the last 30 years is watching this emergence of more and more men stepping forward to doing some, some shadow work, let's say, some embodiment of divine feminine, divine masculine. But also for me, it was a struggle to support the masculine in ways that were very approachable for them. Uh, and that could, that, and we can go into many directions with that, uh, whether it is in a, in a closed container or whether it's in a group at a yoga class or whether it's in a retreat or whether it's an all women's and they're the only men there. Uh, there hasn't been, to me, I have not seen until now in learning about Trevor's work, really where men are gathering to do this work together. As I mentioned to Trevor, my only experience was through the work of Francis Weller, <clears throat> who is um, a psychotherapist and lives on the mainland and does really beautiful wilderness healing uh, for men in particular. And uh, that was really honestly where I would have to say, this is an option. You know, if you want to do some deeper work, here's an option. And I'm, I'm really am very excited to hear what Trevor has to say about just kind of all of that and his own healing journey and what has brought him to where he is today. So Trevor, please share your manal, please share. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, there's so many directions to go in. And um, I guess the most important thing to talk about is like the, the context, you know, like the context of like my generation of our generation, like coming into this time and, and needing to develop more ways towards healing you know like we were just saying before that we push record that um a lot of to to us it's becoming quite commonplace this whole men's work concept and um 
you know, men's coaching and men's embodiment coaching and the sacred sons movement. And, you know, like makes sense, you know, men's healing circles, et cetera. But like to the mainstream, like this stuff is super new and is very fringe. And, um, um, although the events of the last number of years of like me too, and even a lot of the race work that's coming up just recently is like really, um, shining the light on, on the, the imbalances in our, just our systems in our world. Um, and so with these things in place, I think there's been like a rigid sort of, um, very narrow definition of what, of what a man can be, of how a man can act, of how a man can feel, of what's socially acceptable, what gets me credibility in my life as a man, uh, how I can express myself, how I can move my body, how I can inhabit my body, um, and, and the ways that, that get me my credibility, whether it's with other men or whether it's in women's eyes who are subscribed to the mainstream mentality that's been sort of, we've been sort of indoctrinated into unconsciously. Um, so to most men coming from like a mainstream um, perspective, it seems it's very vulnerable to step into this men's work community. It's very new and very uncomfortable. And every single time that I go to a men's gathering, whether it's small, like a small local men's circle here on Oahu where it's like eight men, or a men's weekend that's like 30 men, or some of the men's weekends that I facilitate have are huge. They're like, you know, hundreds of men. And, you know, each time I'll see men that are, that, I, and I can, I can tell right away that they're like very green and very much like kind of like deer in headlights, like, oh, cow, this is insane. You know, um, it's scary to be vulnerable. It's scary to break those rigid sort of unconscious contracts about what's, what's manly and what's, um, what gets us safety and what gets us respect from other people. And um, to face that and step into that, like lean into it a little bit, takes a certain set of conditions. It takes like confidentiality. It takes agreements about that. What's said there stays there. Like nobody shares it outside. And it's like forming a true brotherhood. So it gives us an opportunity to relate to each other in a, in a way that's like, oh God, I've been waiting my whole life for this. Um, I know I, I did. Mm-hmm. So I started, my, my, my wife really pushed me to get into men's work like 10 years ago. She bought me the um, King Warrior Magician Lover book by um, Gillette and more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I didn't even know what it was, you know. And then finally, a brother that I trusted invited me to a Mankind Project circle after I'd been invited multiple times. And I was like, no, 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 I don't, I don't know. I didn't even have a context for it. Mm-hmm. finally the right man invited me so I opened up I went and I was just so ready for it because I had been emotionally processing um with my partner for years and years and years and that's all I knew mm-hmm. and so I went there and I was just ready to cry and ready to talk and ready to listen sure. and fired up I was like ready the first night you know I didn't need a lot of like coaxing to open up I was ready mm-hmm. um and just to go bigger for a moment, like, I think that's how our, our culture works with, um, with relationships being what they are. Like I, because I do mentoring for teenage boys, right. For, for here on Oahu in schools and on like adventure weekends and rites of passage weekends. So these boys are not allowed to touch each other in ways that might be, give someone the impression that they're gay. They're, mm-hmm. they're not, they're only allowed to get love for ones through one source, which is their girlfriend. And this puts this for our, the way we're built as humans, we're freaking meant to love everybody and to be, you know, in the U S we're really narrow. We can't, boys can't touch each other. 
boys in my groups will hit another boy's hand by accident and say, oh, no homo. Yeah. You know, and I'm just like, oh, God, let's address that. Let's talk about that. Sure. And so it puts boys in a position where they can only get, there's like this, their first girlfriend is like the key to their emotional body, their feeling body, their heart. It's the first safe container they've ever had in their life. Mm-hmm. And so boys put this un- incredible amount of pressure on our first intimate relationship. And that, then that goes through the rest of our lives. And we only have, we only know how to pro- process with our one intimate partner. And it sets relationships up to be just imbalanced. Ugh, the pressure. <laughs> Yeah, it's like how can I we think relate? of my own fifteen-year-old son? Like, oh my gosh, the yeah. pressure. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, so how do we create diverse modeling for boys of that age? How do we like get them to really be expressive? How do we get them to like know that they're safe to be expressive and connected with other boys? Um, yeah, it's, and and that's I, I've seen that happen on the boys to men weekends. It's epic. Mm-hmm. Um, and it happens. It happened over a weekend. These this big group of thirty boys were like, they were so tight at the end of mm-hmm. the weekend. They were like just bonded and like really um, openly loving to each other, arms around each other, and like leaning on each other, and just like you know really really tight and in a mm-hmm. way that's natural that I that I imagine they've never experienced before. Right, because um, a lot of the modeling, you know, for the masculine, and I'm gonna. I'm going to just say from my own experience, you know, growing up with, um, of course, tremendous amount. I mean, my father was really a very balanced masculine marrying. He was Irish Scottish, you know, grew up um, in Southern California and married a Burmese and um, dedicated his whole life towards um, doing overpopulation growth in third world countries. And so he was very much into feminine empowerment and all this kind of stuff, which was a great role model for me and for my brother. And uh, which is why I really like the work to be more about embodying the masculine and feminine. And that's how you and I met was through a masculine and feminine workshop that Keone Hanalei and I put on. And these opportunities for the masculine to either be in the boys club to right which is usually we've learned is like through sports through the golf clubs through the country clubs it's like the ways that men have gathered in the past or even currently right now the opportunity to to break that mold and want to be in a container with other men to do work like this is why i do i do agree with you say like it is sacred sons like it is a sacred movement for sure to step out of that paradigm and open up into a completely new way of being with other men being witness uh, which is extremely vulnerable very uncomfortable and what kind of men do you think usually for me when i'm working with men it's through trauma they they're working through trauma that's when they finally get that they need to do some work they've, they've hit They've hit the bottom, right? Where do you see the men who are coming into these these spaces? Are they coming in like just really open hearted? Um, are they coming in to really do work, or are they very much you know guarded? Because um, it is a movement, and it's definitely something that I think is honestly new. Not that many people know about it, and I think more people need to know about it so they can share it with other men who are who are on the path and you know as a yogi i mean most of the men that i've met through yoga teacher training and stuff like that they kind of would come into the yoga container and then after that they're kind of on their own 
right? They don't really know where to assimilate all of that incredible knowledge. And there's not really like a yoga men's club. Um, so I would always tell people about sacred sons. I'm like, you want to take it to the next level? Like, go be a part of this movement, but it's very intimidating for them. And I'm curious about that. I'm curious why men have resistance to it. Um, so I want to hear it from your words of what you feel like is, you know, the, the, the barrier that we need to get over maybe psychologically or emotionally that allows them to be safe in a container like that. Mm, thank you. Well, how deep do you want to go? <laughs> <laughs> I know. How much time do we have? Yeah. Um, so number one, it's, we, we, we all, we've all been conditioned in a capitalist framework, right? So, which is like a colonialist capitalist, um, which is to say a competitive framework where we need to look for advantages. We need to hold on to the advantages that we have, or we need to look for threats. Um, and um, we have to be doing that unconsciously at all times. So um, when any man considers breaking that template, there's a huge fight or flight, like primal limbic response in the body, yeah. whether they know it or not. So men come into these weekends at, I mean, coming to a men's group in Wakiki is, a, is one level and men are intimidated by it. It's heavy to walk into that container yeah. and like, call in the directions and make agreements and, you know, then do the rounds. And um, that's two and a half hours of like of sitting and really sharing men coming into a huge men's weekend. It's like, I've seen men transform incredibly who came in super closed, almost like traumatized um, yeah. and closed up and then have them like sort of, Oh gosh, I can open. Um, but you know, there's just to answer the question, there's like, across the board, across the board, men, men that, that have come in and released ridiculous trauma on these weekends. And then that come in super ready and like, they're already quite fluid in their being. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, just to go back to what I was saying about the competitiveness is that we're all unconsciously in this competitive environment. So we can't let our guard down. So my, my sense is that that's a trauma. That's like a, what I'd call a micro trauma, which they normally micro traumas normally happen unconsciously. And the idea of a, of a trauma is something that where something's happening too fast or too long or too intense, and we don't have the ability to stop it. Um, so like an example of that is like, let's say that I had a, and I, this is just for example, let's, let's just say that I had a parent who would like every once in a while fly off the handle and just tell me what a loser I was. Mm -hmm. And it was like every, maybe every few weeks those times in between those incidences, I w my nervous system wouldn't be able to, to let down. I would be on guard unconsciously. And so my whole physical structure would be in response to that. My, I, I have like resting tension in my, my muscles. I would have my nervous system would be a little more toned up. My heart rate would be a little higher. My digestive system would be a little slower. My mm -hmm. abdomen would be tight. My pupils would be, would be dilated, like scanning for threats or my pupils would be constricted, you know, all of it. So it's like, and then the next thing would happen and I'd go into this like <gasps> hypervigilance. And then in between I'd be like, so imagine a person that's lived like that for their whole life. And you can look at like having to work a job that you don't love, having a partnership that you're not thriving in, having, um, you know, heavy alcohol consumption or, or drugs or, you know, just substances that we're cope our coping mechanisms. You layer all these things on and over time that 
people aren't men aren't breathing they're not breathing and they've like never since they were an infant breathed into their proper taking a whole breath so take a man like that and drop them into a men's container and we have to be really gentle we have to be really okay i know all these like all these factors at play i'm not just going to expect this guy to you know suddenly be open like a man who's been doing this for years because it'll be traumatic for him Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. so the work we do has to be about making men comfortable showing them not telling them but showing them that that they're comfortable and with the boys groups that i run to um and everybody has to engage them in different ways i've had weekends where um where men were like don't no i'm not open to touch no i'm not open i'm not going to stand in the circle you know men that stand outside the circle until they're ready um, I've had to take walks around the property with men to like really, really like talk to them about what they need and, and say like, um, and I respect that. Like, yeah, if, ask me if, ask, like, ask me if you're going to, if you want me to, if you want to put your hand on my shoulder, I need you to ask me about everything. Cool. You know, you need, I totally respect that. Yeah. Um, so, um, and then I have an, I, some of my clients, you know, I, I have guys that are like, yeah, I need the one-on-one work right now to really open it up and explore deeply in myself and maybe I'll do a weekend, a men's gathering later. But like sure. you know, locker room trauma is real. I watched some heavy stuff and you know in wrestling after wrestling practice when I was mm-hmm. when I was a kid, you know, um, I saw a lot of fights and a lot of abusive patterns between boys, you know, and right. not to mention all the all the trash talk and all the belittling and all the dominating yeah. type of energetics that go on. So um, a lot of boys and men are don't they don't trust a big container. So to yeah. throw them in a big group, they're like, whoa, I can't open here. So I think it's important for, for men to tune into what they can open to. Sometimes a yoga class in a container of women's safer. Yeah. But it can only take you so far. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, so it's gotta be work through the body. There's gotta be breath involved and there's gotta be a capacity for a man to, to know that he's safe that he can like say safety at any time and have everything stop and have everyone attend to like, what's going on? What do you mean? Um, so most of the men's work that I've experienced is like very well informed about trauma and about like attending to these all, all levels of where a man can come in. Right. Um, and it sounds very much, um, you know, of course, as we know, doing this kind of work, it's like the safety is is number one and making people feel safe so they can approach these different parts of themselves is is the baseline for it. And is there um, like a screening process that you go through with, with um, individuals who might want to work with you and then you kind of decide like, one-on-one might be good or maybe we're doing a weekend that might be approachable or this this other offering is coming up that's approachable do you do like a screening yeah i I always do for my coaching clients i always do an initial conversation and Mm -hmm. then in that conversation i always ask men um, as we get i always ask them why they contacted me why they want to work together like what drove them to it so they can tell me some of their story then I always ask them what their relationship to coping substances is. Because if someone's got heavy coping substances in place, it's hard to, it can be hard to work around them if they're not willing to address that as Mm -hmm. part of the process, because I'm not um, an alcohol addiction counselor. I'm not a drug and alcohol uh, recovery counselor. And I don't want to take that kind of thing on. Um, Yeah. yeah, And then on the weekends, there's like a whole questionnaire that men fill out. 
to, so that we can know what's going on if they have okay. medical conditions or um, what kind of triggers they might have. Um, so yeah, it's it, it's very it's very intense, very intense work, um, and it's very loving work. I mean, it's insane to watch men to watch men really go when they've been because anything I would say any like anything that you push down is going to be like a boogie board being pushed underwater and it's going to fling back up twice as hard. So um, I can only say from personal experience, it's only been in like sacred plant medicine ceremony that I've seen men have the biggest breakthroughs. Like it takes a tremendous amount of surrendering the ego to be able to drop into those spaces that they can feel so vulnerable that they can let go and let it rip. And it is like completely solar energy coming out from the face of the earth. I mean, it is insanely pranic, you know, like very like, and to get that to happen, it does take a sacred container. It does take a lot of safety precautions and protocols. And then like the trust has to be there for, you know, these men to feel vulnerable and want to do the work and then to actually thrive in that environment. So really commending you guys on what you're doing because it's just ah, such a relief for me to be like, yes, there's space for men and like, let us embody this balance of healing together so that we can support each other. Um, and I had something, I had a question, but it totally went, I don't know if you have anything to say about that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, I mean, with that, you know, all men are different. You know, if, if a man's coming in from like a, a, a job in an office and connecting with men over beer and sports, um, you know, he's got to recognize that like, if, if he's open to it, like, if a man like that is open and ready to look at himself and yeah. take, yeah. Uh, take responsibility for his actions and his impacts in the world and, um, learn to be in integrity and learn to speak from high statements, um, you know, rather than like we statements or, you know, how this is like, you know, what you do when this happened, you know, and is really ready to, to open up and be vulnerable. But the thing is men's work happens on all levels. Like some men will never cry in a men's container, right? But some men need to go off, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't want men listening to this to feel like, well, I don't need to like bust open and cry and scream and yell. Sometimes it doesn't look like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes there is tears and not yelling. Sometimes there's yelling, but like with, with men, um, anger is always, this is one of the concepts that we cover with, with the boys groups a lot is, and I sit in seven boys groups a week during the school year. So with all volunteer mentors in there with me, and we're all going deep into these concepts of freaking everything, anything the boys want to talk about, vaping, girls, sex, drugs, school, family. It's insane. Um, but everybody has anger, right? Anger is anger can be a really healthy emotion because it's like it can help us like either lay down boundaries, sure. hold a boundary, and it can also help us mobilize um, our resources. Like when we suppress our anger for too long, then we get depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of men are afraid of doing harm or they've experienced harm from others or they've experienced themselves in doing harm before, so they suppress their anger, they go into depression. But the thing about anger is that it's always a cover emotion for either sadness or fear, mm-hmm. 100% of the time. And if it's, if they're, and it blinds you, so you can't feel those two things, or mm-hmm. one of them, which which is there. And 
then we're blinded by anger and we'll go into maybe acting out aggression. Now, that's when it becomes unhealthy, when we put aggressive behavior on top of it. So, and, and I'm not immune to that. Like I have two little kids. I have a partner that challenges me like crazy. I'm like, I get angry and I'm still whittling that stuff down. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. it's, it's hard to, to know how to relate to big energy. Um, yeah. so this is why the men's containers can be really potent because like we can, a container of 15 men, when I'm speaking my piece and getting super charged, angry, they can ground that energy. Yeah one man can't necessarily ground that energy like my friend and, and like one of my one of the other pillars um on the men's weekends michael gay is mm -hmm. a gestalt therapist in boulder colorado and he is the emotional pillar for the weekend so there's four pillars um mm -hmm. there's there's cognitive emotional physical and uh, relational and um, he says that like with, like with a child, an adult, the size of an adult nervous system can ground a child nervous system because of sheer size. Um, yeah. So a child can go off and have a tantrum and have a fit and then be totally clear afterwards. Mm -hmm. We can hold that. We can ground it. Or, right. But with adults, we sort of need a bigger container. So that's why we have on these weekends, like a whole group around a man and a man's doing mm -hmm. his work in the middle and he's, other guys are popping off their work because they're like, oh, shoot, I'm, I do the same thing or I know exactly how that feels. And guys are getting healing by em through empathy. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just awesome to have that kind of safety in a men's container. It's like I'm so touched that I've gotten to experience this for, I mean, it's been like seven years that I've been, I think it's been about seven years because my daughter was one. When I was like, okay, I need some help because I'm starting yeah. to feel like I'm running into corners everywhere and I don't have like a support network. And since I've started doing weekly men's groups and then started holding my own with hikes outdoors and mm -hmm. creative wild and wise, which is this workshop that's really about the body, about relating to these energies in a physical way rather than just being stuck in our heads. Mm -hmm. um, and then that's when I was invited to the Sacred Sons gatherings and that's become and my workshop there just became like the big thing, like really powerful, like the way that wow. men coming for the weekend would drop in into this container. And it's just like so much healing, it's so many freaking levels. It's, it's so amazing. Yeah, it's and, you know, for those, for the listeners out there, I mean, Trevor and I live in on Oahu in Honolulu in Hawaii. Um, and if you're listening and there is some interest to participate maybe in one of these men's groups, and if you don't live in Hawaii, how do they find out about maybe if there's a group in their area? Um, well, I'll just give the lay down. Like I started with the Mankind Project, which is like an international decentralized nonprofit. And um, they got me into men's work. I did that for two plus years before I was like, oh, I need something else. We're sitting around in chairs. We're kind of in our heads. We like know yeah, each other's yeah. stories a million times yeah, over. Yeah. I need, we need to go. So I stopped and started doing some of my own things. Like we need to get out and move, be in, be yeah, in nature. Yeah. Um, so the Mankind Project, you can go to men, and I forget the website. You can look up the Mankind Project. I think it's a dot org. And yeah, you can just yeah. look up a group in your circle and there will be an email or a phone of a guy you can contact who is like, that coordinator for your local area. Okay. Um, totally, totally worthwhile. They're running online circles right now during since COVID. Right. Um, so you could do that. And then um, there's so many online offerings now. Like I'm starting an online course next week. 
okay. which is about about an embodied developing an embodied practice. Um, so I've been a fitness coach and holistic health coach for almost 20 years since okay. New York City back in 2003. I think I started doing this stuff and have done all these like physical and holistic and high intensity type of modalities, Russian kettlebell instructor, uh, Czech <laughs> practitioner, CrossFit coach, and NASM, you know, there's all these different um, certifications, right? But yeah. um, so I did, I've done those all over the years. And once I started men's work in like, uh, I was like, wow, I really want to bring this emotional work uh, yeah. into yeah. my training work, but people weren't prepared for it, you know? So I was mm -hmm. like, how do I bridge? So um, <clears throat> that's why I've realized that the foundation for healthy masculinity is having a, a relationship of awareness with our emotional energetics of our body mm -hmm. because emotions are a physical experience. They just are like, I get mad. I feel it in a certain way in a certain place. I get sad. I feel it in a certain way in a certain place. Same mm -hmm. thing for shame, same thing for fear and, and same thing for joy. So those are the five primaries that we always start with. And then there's all these a million offshoots. Sure. Um, there but happy sad mad fear shame mm -hmm. and there's a different sensation and experience for each of those and um you know so relating to breath relating to where the tension goes like you know and, and working with knowing how to uh, regulate our nervous system in times of extreme excitation um, like when i get super pissed <laughs> how what do i do you know when i have a big emotional charge what do i do how do I handle that energy? Do I act it out on other people or do I have a practice that's like breath work and like body percussion where I'm like, you know, mm -hmm. going and doing breath work and moving energy through my body and then doing some, some like physical stretching and breathing that's more cathartic, you know? Yeah. And, and like shaking my head and like moving my spine, pumping the spine in big ways and breathing like <sighs> I can go off and channel that energy and release it from my body, make sounds in my voice, um, you know, where I'm not just going to the gym, which I think sometimes grunt or going and hitting a bag. Sometimes I think men turn to that and it grinds the tension in, back into our system. Yeah. Or I, we take it out on our partners or project mm -hmm. it on the people or drive like road rage. And so this, like my, my coaching is based around, like you gotta know how you feel or have a clue towards it and, and know how to each day have a practice that grounds that stuff in the physical body and releases what you need to release. So mm, beautiful. Um, yeah. I love it. And I think it's, it's, um, it's definitely time. I think we're all learning how to embody more of our emotional intelligence because that's where we're at as a society, which kind of goes into my last question, which, you know, this overlying tone of the archetype of the toxic masculine and what's coming up for that. If, do you see a thread there of unification of men coming together to heal something that is deeper, maybe ancestral in nature, that they know that they need to heal in order to like be more present in their lives or be more present in their relationships and in their relationship to self and others. But for you know, there's a lot of work in the feminine that's being done right now. Is there an overlaying theme that you see coming through uh, for the healing of the masculine? Well, when you say healing of the masculine, I actually look at it, at it as in like a, a, a 
um, healing for men. If we're talking about healing for men, there's healing of the, and there's healing of masculine energy in men. Right. So um, me, me as a man, I might have a suppressed. Yeah. Um, so like, if I have a suppressed relationship or a judgmental relationship of my quote feminine qualities, which are different based on which culture I live in, right? Yeah. Um, and if I if I shame myself for being sensitive, if I shame myself for being like emotional, if I shame myself for crying in public, um, which a lot of us do, I know I did. Um, yeah. You know, then I have I have a, a really suppressed internal feminine, and as a result, I probably have a hyperactive masculine qualities set of masculine qualities that i've learned to embody to get me safety and i'll normally swing between those two in unhealthy ways so um yeah and so basically this ancestral piece that you brought up is like these ways these sort of silent contracts were modeled by our parents and uh, the people the adults around us and the other older boys and that kind of thing um and we pick them up but they who were who got who'd they get them from well they got them from the people that modeled them for them and so we we're living in this old old story of men being in charge of everything and we've lost connection to like the true feminine the, the reciprocity with the earth which is like a big thing that i'm like relearning and um, mm -hmm. learning to to honor and respect myself from my sensitivity i freaking cry easily and a lot mm -hmm. actually but i have these like tough guy qualities from my earlier life that I, that are still in me where I still think I need to act and look tough to get respect. Um, sure. So it's like, I need to also love that, love myself, that part of myself too. Cause when I shame it, I tend to act it out. Um, so it's like knowing that by changing these patterns and creating a different way that we might not even have a template for, but that's why it's important to be around other men that are embodying like a more balanced way there where we're not so polar, like this super suppressed feminine, in a super hyper-expressed, hyper-masculine, it's, it's important to sort of bring that more balanced middle way, be around mm -hmm. men that are doing that, that are like, can, that can like express their sensitivities, can like also be totally in their body and totally assertive, but not right. be aggressive, right. but not be totally passive um, all the time, but know how to shut up and listen. Like, mm -hmm. it's hard for me to shut up and listen when you know, in certain moments when my ego feels challenged, you know, and sure. so for me, I go to my breath when that happens and just scanning my body, I'm like, wow, I got some energy coming up. So doing things like that does break the ancestral cycle. Like, I'll just real quick go into the cherry blossom experiment. Have you heard of this? No, please okay. tell me. So, um, so they did this study where they took male mice and they put them in a, in a little container with an electric, electro, electrocuted floor, like it'll basically shock the mice. And when mm -hmm. they, they, from time to time, they'd shock the mice and they would pump in the cherry blossoms, a cherry blossom scent, and they would periodically shock it and the mice could never relax. They were always kind of like agitated. And when the mm -hmm. shock would come, they'd climb on top of each other and freak out like their life was gonna end. So then they took these mice, they mated them with female mice, and then they took the male mice away and the females had these babies. And then the babies they put in the container and they didn't shock them. They just pumped in the cherry blossom smell and they started freaking out like they were gonna die, doing the mm -hmm. same exact thing that the men had experienced. So it's just like a really simple um, little metaphor 
for how trauma is passed down through our DNA, through our nervous systems, and through our subconscious mind. Um, so we've been living out these old narratives of how men are supposed to be and what we need to do to survive and what we need to do to be safe and have respect and, and get love. And um, so we're needing to break that template and sort of find ways that are current with now. Like, mm -hmm. how do I do this right now in my life, in the moment, in my relationship? And it normally has to do with listening, normally with learning to take care of ourselves and not be mothered by our partners. It normally has to do with like learning to channel our aggressive energies in healthier ways. Um, so those are like the foundations of how I work. And then as men work with me for a while longer and either the eight week course or through coaching, like we end up going into much deeper stuff because they get a calmer nervous system that can handle more bandwidth, big energy and small energy or end, you know, soft energy. Um, so yeah, healing at that level, it does heal for generations back and generations forward. It is an ancestral piece. And I actually feel really motivated by that. Um, yeah. Really motivated by like, you know, this time it stops with me and I'm going to create a new way. I have two daughters, you know, um, and I don't want to perpetuate the same old way. It creates the, the destruction of the planet and all kinds of discord. And that's not only men's fault, but it's like, we can do a lot to change it, you know? Sure. Yeah. What a great discussion that we've had. I'm really just in awe of who you are, Trevor, and what you're embodying and how you're stepping forward and being there as a pillar, the physical pillar in particular, uh, for the work that you're doing to be there for, for your fellow brothers. And it's very commendable. So thank you, you know, from all of, all of the Vahine out here, like we really wanna thank you for taking on that responsibility and doing the work because there's not too many people that are doing the work, uh, especially for the masculine, like for the men in particular, I'll stop saying masculine, but for the men in particular and the boy work that you're doing, the teenage work that you're doing, I mean, it's all just really exciting and a turning point to me. It's a real pivot. It's a real pivot to see that this work is out there, that people are doing it uh, and that it's in the local community here in Hawaii is very exciting because for years I would have to tell people to go to the mainland. You know, it wasn't it wasn't accessible here. So that's that just shows how we as a society are evolving consciously. I want to recognize that that there is evolution at play here, and we are all trying our best to be present with the parts of us that are not so pretty, right? And to do the work that needs to be done in order to be there for, and me as a, as a mother as well is to creating a, a completely new paradigm for ourselves and our families and our ohana and our partners and our connection to the earth. So really deep mahalo to you brother for stepping up and being there. And I wanted to just let everybody know that Trevor's gonna be, he'll, all of his information will be on the Golden Thread podcast information, but he also is offering um, an online workshop and a lot of his works, a lot of his stuff you can find on his link tree on his um, IG handle, you know, which is wild underscore and underscore wise, uh, Trevor Spring. 
I'll put all of that on the thing, but can you tell them a little bit more of what's coming up next week, Monday? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, I've done this course three times so far, and it's an eight-week virtual course where I basically share with the men um, movement, so like flexibility and and like animal-based calisthenics, um, breath work, and a thing that I that I, I call primal energetics, which is basically like knowing how to learning how to work with our breath and our body in different positions to move emotional energy through the body in a way that helps us to be grounded and not sort of be ruled by that energy. Okay. Um, so and then there's other basic like self-care practices in it. So there's video content that men get, and then we do two calls a week for eight weeks. So it's 16 calls that, that we end up experiencing. One of the calls is like a, is a class where I run either movement or primal energetics or breath. There's, there's always sort of some of each in one in, in every class, but they're more thematically based towards a practice or some myofascial work. So in the course, it's like, you know, men, we address different things. The other call each week is like a, a course about, or it's basically conversation about all the other aspects of self-care. Often people are working to try to improve themselves from a place of feeling not good enough or feeling ashamed. And when we do that, we perpetuate it. So it's about like wiping the slate clean and not taking on more than you can handle out of shame and doing it in a sustainable way and a way that's really aligned with what you need rather than what you think you should do. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, we end up having basically a men's circle each week and then a movement class each week virtually Um, journaling, partners it's just an epic right. we all end up being super tight afterwards it's a nice it's a for brotherhood. is there a limit to how many people that you have in your circle um the max i'm doing right now is 12 okay um, but i've if i get more than 12 then i'll just bump them off to the next round sure run the next sure. round after this yeah okay yeah so how, I mean, do you have still space available next Monday for people to sign up? Yeah, I do have a few spots for sure. Okay. Uh, I, and so basically the way men can sign up for that is just look in my link tree and it'll be at the top. And you can just follow that link. That'll take you to the Sacred Sons page because this course is a partnership with them. And you can just basically book a 15-minute call with me for us to do a short intake because okay. I like to check in with men and make sure that they're like ready for it. Um, mm-hmm. And, and then you would sign up for the course. So yeah, okay. please check it out if you feel like it speaks to you. It says, wild and wise, embody healthy, strong, grounded masculinity. So if that is sounding like something you're curious about, I encourage you to contact Trevor and do a discovery call for 15 minutes and see if it's an energetic match so that you can uh, really be present with the parts of yourself that want to just be heard and loved and appreciated um, as we are all healing such a collective shift right now. So please, please, please don't feel like you're alone out there. There are resources here for you and Trevor is one of them. I want to say that really clearly to to the people out there that there is support for you and there are people here that are great facilitators and trevor is one of them especially for this grounded masculinity and the sacred sons movement and all the work that you do thank you so much for being a part of this podcast it was such a refreshing 
afternoon to sit with you and discuss this subject matter of grounded masculinity. I'm very inspired and hopeful for just what we have for the future in terms of male-female relationship and being present with each other and what's really happening and what's important right now. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Mari. It's been a real pleasure. And, um, you know, I, I just think it's a really powerful time for everyone to look at their, their look at themselves. You know, this is like, um, you know, and people might be listening to this later. Who knows? Um, yeah. This is yeah. like June 2nd today. And um, there's a lot in the world that's changing. We're in this big time of pause. And um, it's an opportunity to either go deeper into like, shadow you could say deeper into like yeah. the same patterns that have been not serving you or or it's an invitation to open up and realize i love that you said that that you're not alone because most men think they have to do everything on their own and that mm -hmm. they're the only one who's suffering and i can really attest to the truth that all men are suffering at some level we've just learned to cover it up really well really um, well really yeah. well and, and we cover up this distraction and by using money and you know, all these different things and um, you're not alone and you can definitely reach out for help and start looking inside and, and shift patterns. I feel like there's a lot of people out there doing it right now. A lot of men doing it right now in my world. Um, so I'm really happy to just be part of the support network of people connecting and being real and doing the healing. Great. And we'll put those other groups that you recommend for people to get more information if they're curious and if for some reason uh, you are listening to this and, and the date has passed for his his course, he, he mentioned that he's going to be running it again. And I would still reach out to Trevor and, and even entertain the idea of contacting, just taking that first step, you know, just taking the first step to be open. As I always say, like Buddha's mind is like beginner's mind, it's like exercising that opportunity to just be open to the possibilities of of seeing and living life in a different way. That is what he's offering here for you. So contact him, reach out, start a healing journey. I'm just in awe. So mahalo brother. I really, really look forward to seeing all the great things that you're doing for the men in our community. And I'm excited to share it with as many people as possible. Thanks, Bonnie. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. You're welcome. All right, guys. With that, we'll say aloha and talk to you all real soon.